Everyone knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. 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 This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. everyone big dave lemon joe rodriguez uh we missed you last week where were you just just kidding folks for those of you uh we actually did not do a show last week where we had some problems with the schedule and it got to about thursday and we just figured well we'll wait till next week and do the show uh for those of you that follow us on this program for quite some time hopefully you've been one of those people who who uh been with us for about 10 years uh we got a fella uh, I'll give him a shout out here at the top of the show, Charles Farrar, that sends me a lot of emails of different stories, and and he's been following us for a long time. A few other people that uh, I think have been with the show for a long time, but we've developed a pretty good audience over the years. And uh, those of you that do follow us over the past few years know that we like to get out a show either Monday or Tuesday night, uh, depending on our schedules. Uh, we have about four or five people to uh, arrange to get the show together and not not uh, everyone can get together at the exact same time. So we try to get it in by Tuesday night and get the show up. And uh, we do appreciate all the help, uh, especially lately, Joe Costello, who uh, hosts us at his house, the studio. Um, We haven't been able to be there lately because of the COVID, but uh, we've developed a pretty good uh, online presence here and are able to bring you a show. Uh, Maybe someday we'll even go to the video and uh, show you so you can see what we look like. But, um, we are here today on a Tuesday bringing you another show, and we'll update a few things. Obviously, the poker world is moving along. Uh, let's start out here locally, Joe. Uh, I know that uh, Magic City is Poker Room is opening on Friday this week, uh, or Thursday this week. Uh, you guys are going to open soon at Casino Miami, uh, and uh, I don't know what else is happening with Haile and uh, a couple other places, but uh, give us a kind of an update on South Florida poker and what you know is open and what's still to come. All right. Well, first of all, you know, my partner has threatened you with maybe putting us on video to scare you guys. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Big Dave, I hadn't even told you, but uh, we will be opening this Friday also. Okay. Uh, Casino Miami will be opening. Um, Magic City was supposed to open a few days ago. I don't know why they postponed it after they got word out there. They were going to open up their room, but only for the DP action and for those out there well, I think they, to us. I think they did that, but the regular poker, I, I, I believe, opens on Thursday, the 25th. Okay. All right, because someone had told me they had delayed that too. But That's uh, possible. That's possible. Um, yeah, we we have a meeting. That's part of one of the reasons, uh, you know, that we couldn't do a show last week with uh, all our new schedules, and uh, I was extremely busy. Um so, folks, we are, I apologize on my behalf for the for us missing the show last week because of delay schedules. But, but uh, yeah, we we have a meeting tomorrow. Hialeah has been running; they've been doing quite well, from what I understand. I have a brother-in-law and many colleagues that work there that I've worked with. Um, they are playing with a partition, much like the Hard Rock has been doing. Um, six players to a table. Um, I believe they're running 18 tables, maybe Okay. 16 to 18 tables. 
Um, biggest part, Dave, as I found out this these last week and so as we've been preparing for this, is going through how you are going to sanitize chips, cards, the procedures to keep uh, your, right, your, right. your players safe and, and you know, following the, the proper social distancing guidelines. And there, is a, there isn't one single code. As we know, you know, from our previous guests that we've had over the last few weeks with Noah Carbone and uh, Tony Burns and Tony Burns, you know, the Hard Rock is doing one thing with the, the partitions and everything else. Um, while, you know, Noah Carbone and West Palm Beach uh, Kennel Club was just wearing face masks, which will be the case in and- our room. And and kind of limiting the movement of dealers and players, and not letting people move go wherever well, they want. That was that was an important part of their uh, objective. It is, but once again, it is not um, anything written in stone. There's absolutely no idea. Right. As long as you know, there is no. Uh, we put in a lot of effort. Jose Rodriguez and I put in a lot of effort in trying to put this together to only find out that. Yeah, as long as you have some sort of plan put together, you know, uh, and then let the state and the county know that this is what what you intend to follow, we've been given the okay to do that. Um, I know Noah says they were using the button was a sanitizing box. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, that they were not allowing. Um, that they were not allowing dealers to uh, change tables. Remember, they said right. there another two. De- <clears throat> excuse me. It two was to like a table, they, kind of. right? Two to a table, exactly. While the Hard Rock was, um, you know, rotating dealers. I know Hialeah's rotating dealers. Um, the Big Easy was also a place that was going to delay their opening. They did get open. They right. they've been dealing cards now. I'm not a hundred percent sure it's been a week, but right around there. Um, so it's funny. You go all around the state and everybody has a different procedure for it. A different and, approach, just like the game itself, which is uh, there's not one right way to play. That, that's a very good point, Big Dave. That's a very, very good point, um, which is kind of surprising to me because, um, you know, we have – pretty strict guidelines in, in, in our casino as far as to wearing the mask. Uh, part of my job for this last week has kind of been like a, like in school, a hall monitor, you know, right. I'm walking around checking people for masks and everything and making sure they have them on properly. Um, some days it's outstanding. You know, I'll, I'll honestly tell you, it's only been three or four people that I've seen. And there have been a few other days where it's been, you know, the number has been closer to 30, 35 people that you consistently tell. I will say this. We haven't run into anybody who's, you know, claiming we're stepping on their uh, (laughs) on any of their amendment rights to wear a mask and freedoms and and everything else. Um, So that's a good thing. You know, we have the, uh, the temperature monitor at the front, but I don't know. You know, Dave, Joe, if you guys have been to any stores or anything, you know, since since we've opened up the economy a little bit down here. Yeah, my wife and I had to go Saturday to Macy's and that place was packed with people, everyone wearing masks. But 
No one was at the front door taking your temperature right, like they right. do at the casinos. We have, we have not checked temperatures at Publix at all. Uh, you know, basically, you look for people that are showing obvious symptoms, but uh, everybody has to wear a mask. But we uh, we also have not checked temperatures, that sort of thing, which is which. Let's be honest. If that's that's not really a true indicator of who is uh, spreading the disease, really. Could hey, be spreading the that. Disease. And you're absolutely right. That was my point I was hoping to get to is that, you know, yeah, you could take your temperature today. You could have it, but you're not sick. You're not running a fever today. Um, Again, it's it's gotten a little frustrating on my part in the sense that they want us to follow certain guidelines, Dave, but there's no finite rule as to how to go about this. So they're kind of just letting everybody do what they want to do. They sign off on it, and then we follow it, and I'm laughing because it really doesn't make any – some of it, I sit there, scratch my head, like, going, this really doesn't make any sense to me. Well, that's pretty, that's pretty amazing because uh, you've been in the game of poker here in South Florida for almost 30 years, and, and so that you're seeing things that you've never seen before. Absolutely, you know, and um, it's been an eye-opener because I've been – you know, now it's been nine months that I've been on the casino hosting side uh, part time. Um, we have to wear. I mean, I was trying out yesterday, you know, all day trying to see how comfortable it would be to deal with a shield and a mask at the same time. Um, I found it without it being a huge bother. Uh, but the uh, my partner there, Jose, the manager was getting almost claustrophobic with, yeah. the, with the shield right up on his face. So uh, this is going to be interesting, I could tell you that. And if you wear glasses like we both do, you know, it's going to be a problem. The foggy. Yeah. <laughs> now, we, have a, here's, we have a fogging problem. That's it. We have a fogging problem. <laughs> Reminds me of that one commercial where they say they have a clogging problem with the neighbors. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, I haven't really heard anything about Gulfstream. I haven't talked to Scott Poole. I need to give him a call, find out what their plan is. But almost everybody else is open. Uh, when Magic City opens this week, it'll be uh, it'll be something we can, uh, you know, almost complete the total on uh, the whole South Florida area. And of course, we'll keep you up to date uh, on whatever's happening uh, in in South Florida here and everywhere. Uh, let's switch things over a little bit. I just wanted to mention uh, Vegas briefly because last time we did the show and we uh, we we noted that there was only four poker rooms open at the time, but since then uh, we've had a couple more open, including the Bellagio, which is the first one to go to six-handed poker. So. Uh, uh, the ones that were open before, just as a recap, uh, Venetian, South Point, the Golden Nugget, and the Orleans were open before. Now three more have opened here, and uh, we'll keep an eye on what they're doing. Sahara is one. Uh, St- uh, Caesar's Palace is the other. And then uh, Bellagio, the latest one to open last Thursday, they uh, are going 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And... Uh, only them and South Point are, are, are around the clock. So uh, although people have been uh, trying to arrange their schedules and that sort of thing, what do you think is the advantage there of being 24 hours in Vegas? Well, if you're just one of the few people at Jones and listen, the response here in, in Florida has been phenomenal to poker. Um, it's been better than I honestly anticipated. 
Um, and obviously with the limited seating, I mean, we've already had rooms here in South Florida that have moved from, you know, six to seven. And I'm hearing play, you know, that some places up North have gone to even eight, um, with a lot of people waiting, you know, so since you're only, you're only putting two thirds of your table availability to use, it is opening it up. Uh, and it's created a unique situation. Um, I don't think it's, it's really good for some of the employees, but we did have some dealers who were not going to come back for, you know, different reasons, as you could imagine health and others. Um, but there are a lot of dealers, just so you know, Dave, I mean, uh, King's Court did close down. Right. They closed down their poker room. Um, we're hoping to maybe pick up a few of their dealers. You know, dealers have now gone from full-time to part-time at Hialeah because of that. They're trying to give everybody some work. Yeah. Um, that which, Facebook which is, page for which poker is not, dealers. I'm which sorry, is not go gonna, ahead. I was just going to say that's not going to sit well with some of them that uh, need to jump back in with both feet. Right. And what's going to be interesting is, uh, and I'm waiting to see how, how this affects us on Friday. I'm hoping it affects us in a very positive way is the overflow, you know, now that players are limited to how many seats they get and everything else, they, you know, if they can't make it at opening time, depending on what time the other, uh, the other rooms fill up, you know, you could have a much longer than normal wait for, to get on a table. Yeah. So I'm hoping that overflow at some of the other casinos will stop in and help us at our place. Um, and we definitely, um, you know, could use a few more dealer bodies out there. So if anybody who listens to this show is an experienced dealer, please come by Casino Miami. Uh, one thing I did not mention, Dave, and it's uh, important, uh, we will be on limited hours. Now that you're talking about the 24 hours. Right. Um, even though our room is allowed to be open 24 hours on the weekend, which we did, you know, Back when I was uh, the casino, actually, with the slots open, we are for the current time, we're going to be Sunday through Thursday, 10 to 10. And then on Fridays and Saturdays, uh, 10 to 2 in the morning. So we are limiting our hours. And there are, I believe, Hialeah's been closing at, mi at midnight. But that's so, not the casino. That's just poker, right? Exactly. Just the poker room. No, the casino, we opened up, um, you know, guns blazing so to speak on the slot side uh we we've been running our regular hours on the slot side since we've opened up um but you know poker room god willing will open up this friday uh this friday we will not open the doors till 12 in the poker room but uh after that it will open up at 10 o'clock every day and depending on which day of the week it is it'll either be 10 to 10 or 10 to 2 in the morning well, speaking of guns blazing, the Seminole Hard Rock uh, big properties are opening uh, or have opened. Uh, June 12th was the opening for the Hard Rock in Hollywood, Coconut Creek, I believe opened the same day. But they are both bringing back tournaments already, uh, smaller tournaments. Obviously, uh, uh, there's only 15 tables operating at uh, Coco. And I believe 25 tables out of 36 right now at Hard Rock, if I got that right, uh, for their regular room. So uh, it's funny. They've approached it differently. There are some 60-player tournaments uh, going to be at Seminole Coco. 
which you would uh, think would be the other way around. But the limited on uh, multi-table tournaments at the Hard Rock is 36. So they're playing six-handed tables, only six tables to start things off. That may change very quickly. We'll see what happens. But I think uh, there's more of an emphasis on cash games at uh, Seminole Hard Rock in Hollywood. So uh, they are going to have some multi-table tournaments, which were supposed to start today. I don't know if that happened, but 23rd was the day they wanted to start. They opened on the 12th, and they got tournaments back right away. So uh, when I say guns blazing, I want to bring in Joe Costello, uh, our producer here on the show. Uh, of course, I always uh, try to cover the big events here in South Florida. I was there the day the Guitar Hotel opened at the Seminole Hard Rock and, and enjoyed all the festivities there. Couldn't make the opening of the reopening here. So we sent our intrepid reporter, uh, Joe Costello, out there, and he was there on the opening day. Of course, I don't even know if he stepped foot in the poker room, but he uh, could tell you what's <laughs> happening in the rest of places. Give us a report there, Joe. Well, it was uh, it was two Fridays ago. And was out at a happy hour. That was pretty much the first night most people were heading out into onto the town. And I was there with a, a good friend, uh, Vladimir, who is in the sports radio industry here in South Florida, and also my friend Anthony. And they said, hey, let's go to the Hard Rock. I was there the first night Hard Rock was ever open. I was there the first night at the Guitar Hotel. So it only made sense to you know lead by example and get out there and storm <laughs> the beaches, if you will, and head to the casino. So upon entering, you must wear a mask. If you're walking around, you must have a mask. If you're seated uh, at a, a cocktail table, say, like the photograph I'm showing you guys, unfortunately, the listeners at home cannot see. But just so the guys can see, we were able to enjoy. The thing that I found to be most interesting was the tables, the blackjack tables, for instance, and the plexiglass or Lexan, uh, as we would call it, separators, uh, extremely high dollar almost artwork you have to really get up close to even notice they're there you can see the dealer is behind this they're they're kind of rounded and each player has got their own space to operate in and i i really believe it's going to protect the dealers from the players most of all they put a lot into it i did go to the poker room just because of this show poker action line and i was able to poke my head into the poker room and uh, snap a couple of photos for you guys to see. Uh, same deal. Plexiglass separating the players. Players wearing masks. The people were in there. They were playing. They were enjoying. They were out first night doing their thing, uh, trying to bring us back. And it looked like people were having fun. It was not massively crowded. It was just kind of heating up approximately 8.30, 9 p.m. on a Friday night. So you know that there's definitely going to be a late-night crowd coming to that thing on the first night. Here we are two weeks later. I would imagine they are rocking. But on that first night, they were strict. They were keeping up on it. If you tried to get up without your mask, they would politely ask you, like, hey. And uh, everybody was in compliance. And it was a good time. And, I, I, you know, here's to them for trying their best to go out there and, and get going again. Yeah, it's always a good time there. But, of course, they, they've been making so many improvements with the hotel and the things that they've added. Did you notice any, outside of the plexiglass in the in the gaming areas, did you notice any development of the property that they had three months to kind of do while nobody was there? I did not. And I was, I was looking. 
Uh, there were some areas, you know, in the shopping mall area that with, you know, the forum shops, if you will, uh, relative to the Guitar Hotel. Walked through there. That's where we entered. Still clean, still nice. Uh, still working on filling out the space. But I didn't notice any. I went by the big fountain area, you know, designed by the same people the, who made uh, the Bellagio the, one. Um, the Oculus. The, the Oculus. Oculus. And it is beautiful. You think about that property and all the effort they have put into it, and it is a destination uh, location. You want to be there. People are walking around. But, again, it, nothing that I didn't see on the first night there or the couple times that I went prior to the Super Bowl. All right. Uh, Joe, So that you have you been back since that opening night? Uh, no, since two weeks ago, no. I, I did my, my best. All right, because my brother has been there a few times. He loves playing Baccarat. And I've had about three or four um, friends of mine that have gone a couple of times that, that are, you know, poker players. You know, yeah, they were impressed with the efforts that the Hard Rock has put forth to keep the dealers and the guests, uh, you know, as safe as possible from all of this. But there hasn't been a rush there. You know, they, you know, I know two of these people are regulars there who constantly go there to play cards. And uh, I don't know if it's because of the limitations or, or what else, but they had not experienced that crush of people, as you were mentioning, that we always anticipate, that we always know the hard rock has, because it is, like you said, such a beautiful place and a destination place to go to. So, um, I I think people are being a little bit cautious, uh, you know, and a place like the Hard Rock, which once again does get extremely busy. I wonder if that may have affected them a little bit by people saying, you know what, that place is going to be jam packed and I may not go there. Well, and that's why when when we went out to our, our happy hours, the first time I had seen these these friends of mine in months and we decided to to go out to a happy hour and so the first place we wanted to go was twin peaks and there was an hour wait and we said to ourselves like we're not doing that that's dumb that's the common sense aspect of this deal let's go to someplace smaller with less people and we found like a pub in david we found we know of called falcon pub which uh, has been there for a hundred years and there were five tables of people in, in Falcon Pub. And they didn't have a lot of beer and they didn't have a lot of stuff, but we wanted to, to support. And so when the thought to go to the Hard Rock came up, I did the math in my head and I said, you know what? First night. This is the night to go and scout it and scope it and check it out because it's as clean as it's going to be. And not everybody is going to be there. So I was uh, I was doing the calculus as well. Judging by the numbers that we are all seeing reported nationwide, the story, the fact that the Philadelphia Phillies and Stuart Haas Racing and advanced members of the president's team out there in Oklahoma, like people are getting it again. It's becoming a common thing for people to get it. I fully understand people being a little cautious. Yeah, well, what about Disney World? That was the news that came out today was a lot of people are saying we can't open when we want to in July because it would be so embarrassing if we opened the parks and then had to close them again. So it's a, it's a PR nightmare that's just right out there on the horizon, too. It really is. Well, yeah, and let me tell you something. You know, I know that um, Governor um, Jimenez and, and – uh, Mayor Jimenez, yeah. May, excuse me, Governor Jimenez. Mayor Jimenez. He wishes he was governor. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but that Governor DeSantis opened up, you know, the numbers here, you know, 
we've I, I think we've become the epicenter over the last uh, week or so of the country. And yeah. I remember Governor Cuomo in New York, you you know, kind of threw a little jab at us because we were keeping New Yorkers away from here. And, and now he, he was talking about keeping uh, quarantining uh, any visitors from from Florida over there. So um, they have put a hold on phase three here. Uh, and I was trying to remember Mayor Suarez's name, but I just got it. Um, so, you know, we do we have had one poker room already closed in the state uh, because their employees tested. Which one is uh, that? Naples. Oh, OK. The Naples, Bonita, Bonita uh, Springs there. Yeah, the, they uh, they had to close for, I don't know, about 10 to 10, 11 days because uh, one of their employees, um, you know, the ex- what I'm finding out, guys, and let me tell you something, the expense that you have to go through um, if one of your employees, uh, depending on which department they're in, you know, you will be forced to close down, um, you know, uh, professional hazmat cleaning teams are going to have to come in to sanitize the area. So it's a large expense. Trust me. It's, I, I have, you know, been mind boggling numbers that I've been made aware of over this last week. So um, it, it's serious. Um, and we're in our case, Dave, Joe, I mean, we're hoping that we don't get closed down once again, you know, that's, that's the biggest yeah. worry, much like you're mentioning about Disney and you know, that, that, craziness that happened at universal's uh volcano bay or whatever it's called so yeah well they have had uh, three uh, casinos and poker rooms close out in uh arizona uh when some people contracted covid and uh i know that uh, there's some worry out there in california because they had over five thousand new cases in the last 24 hours so uh that's you know they they they're fighting us neck and neck for uh epicenter uh, rights but uh uh, not to be glib about it, but uh, it is getting worse, and we got to be we got to be careful because you know the these that PR factor of finally opening, people being so happy, and then to have the rug pulled out from under them several weeks later is just bad for business. Well, let me tell you, you know, uh, it is. That's that's just what's scary now, guys, and I'm sure you've been hearing this uh, is that. You know, much younger people, 20 and 30 year olds are coming, are being test, are coming up tested positive for it. And, you know, obviously with some of these f- pictures that we've seen of people, you know, going to clubs and they closed down, uh, I believe, two restaurants and, uh, and a bar down here in, in Dade County. Um, you know, it, it, this is scary. And, you know, what I keep telling people who discuss this with me at the casino is, Dr. Fauci seemed to be 100% correct many months ago when he said the second wave might be stronger than the first wave. Well, I think people are following the rules pretty good down here in South Florida. The West Coast of Florida, not so much. And there's different places in the country where people are just, uh, you know, uh, just completely dismissing the idea. It's back to that talk about, oh, this is just a bad flu. And, uh, you know, the younger people are getting it now, but they're not being hospitalized. They're not dying. So l- acting like, you know, that's that's OK. So, uh, you know, we urge caution. We don't want to be chicken little. The sky is falling. But uh, that's that's the way we uh, we look at some of these things, Joe. Well, it's a shame that if you are cautious, you are chicken little. And I feel I feel that also, Dave, you know, the anti-maskers that are taunting people for 
wearing a mask when if everyone would just suffer? No one likes wearing the mask. The people who are against the mask seem to think that the people who are wearing the mask enjoy it. No, nobody does. Uh, I can tell you in our, our little racing world that to go back racing, we are going to have to have people wearing masks, etc. Some of our fans are revolting against the idea, but just look around. We may have to go back to a lockdown state. The mayor of Miami Beach said flat out that as the hospitals get taxed and as they fill and once they reach capacity, hospitals reaching capacity is the moment where we have to go back into lockdown because that's yeah. the only thing that is going to stop uh, the hospitals from filling up. And they've, they've already made that calculation. They will not. I don't think they're going to just allow the hospital system to be overwhelmed everywhere and people to be, you know, what would that look like? I don't want to create something that's false, but I'll just ask you, what would that look like for the hospitals to be overwhelmed? So wear the mask. And yeah. it's as simple as that. But you're right. There are people who are taking it personally for whatever reason, and they're refusing to wear the mask. And next thing you know, they're going to be the one in the hospital, and it's going to be a problem. We, we're finding ourselves in a bit of a fix, gentlemen. Yeah, I can give you a, a one big reason uh, for the uh, liar in chief, but uh, we'll stick away from that. Yes, uh, let's take a break here on the show. When we come back, we'll talk a little more about uh, what the Seminole Hard Rock has plans for their tournaments. Uh, I did talk with Dave Litvin over at Big Easy, and I want to ask Joe a question about the rake, uh, which has changed at a couple of places. So we'll get back and talk more about that. Uh, also, under the radar completely at the end of last week, was uh, the case uh, with the uh, Department of Justice uh, appealing the Wire Act ruling in New Hampshire uh, to their lottery board came to uh, uh, the uh, courts in Boston. So uh, no decision, obviously, yet on that. But I want to talk a little bit about that later in the show. Let's take a break. Uh, you're listening to Poker Action Line. And uh, as we head to the break, I just want to make sure you know that if you happen to miss a show, uh, they're always uh, the archives are on our website. Uh, you can find them on SoundCloud or Spotify and get the earlier shows. We'd love to have you go back and listen to some of them. Uh, I can tell you right now that uh, the January, the uh, June 1st show with Tony Burns and I believe the uh, 25th was of May with uh, Noah Carbone are two great shows that you should check out if you want to find out how two of the bigger rooms here in South Florida are handling uh, coming back to action. So let's take a break here. We'll be back with more of the show after these messages. This is Poker Action Line. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. It may be hard to believe, but people just like you are already saving money. FeedThePig.org makes it easy. Their simple savings plan teaches you how to start saving without going overboard. So you don't need to mooch off your friends. You gonna finish that grape? You mean the one in my mouth? You don't need to stop buying the necessities. What you're smelling is a natural musk. Ew. You don't need to be a medical test subject. How do you feel? Mostly okay. I... <laughs> Sometimes, though. <laughs> You don't need to get a second job as a stuntman. 
you just need an internet connection. Don't get left behind. Start your personal savings plan with the tips and tools on feedthepig.org. That way, you don't need to sell your soul to the devil. Fifteen bucks is the best I can do. All right, deal. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez, Joe Castello, uh, chipping in a little bit here and there on the show. And uh, we want to talk about uh, not too much strategy tonight, maybe toward the end of the show. But I do want to point out an article that's on uh, Card Player Magazine, cardplayer.com, by Jonathan Little. He talks about uh, the differences now that we're going back to four-handed and five-handed games, the difference of how you play some of these hands. And it's not as big a difference in his opinion, as you might think, uh, because a lot of the times at a nine player table, uh, you know, five of the players will fold. So you're only playing four-handed anyway, but we're really only down to four spots at a four-handed table. You got the button, the big blind, small blind, and uh, the cutoff uh, is, would be the one, the spot right before the button. So he has some charts put up there on uh, ways to look at it. If you get three bet, uh, you know, when you should three bet, when if you if you are three bet, how you should uh, approach there, depending on what your hand is. And uh, those are those uh, 100 square charts, Joe, with the, with the colorful uh, uh, boxes there to decide whether you should raise, fold, or uh, uh, call. Yeah, well, to me, Dave, it is a big difference because I do love playing six-handed poker. I've played a lot online. Um, yeah, your, your your end result is that you have the same, you know, usually the same amount of people fighting it out once once the blind gets to you and everything else. The difference is your selection in hands, uh, you know, has to open up because, you know, early on, you're going to, you know, nine-handed game, at least for me, early on, you're, you're usually trying to go in with different variants of strength hands, you know, that you're going to go in with because you've got a lot of people to act behind you and you got to think, well, you know, what if somebody, re, you know, re-raises me or, or you know, it gets three and four bet. And you just put money in. There's a lot less possibility of that happening, obviously, with uh, three less players at the table. So it it, it does change the strategy uh, as far as your opening hands and how you're going to play them, how aggressive you're going to be with those particular hands. And um, you know, it's a different skill set to playing poker. Um, when I started playing six-handed poker, I was more believe it or not, more of a tournament player. So I wanted to get the skill, you know, knowing how to play if you make it to the final table and, you know, how things change up uh, many years ago when I started doing that. And I just enjoyed playing a lot of six-handed uh, poker for cash. So uh, well, one of the things he says in this article, and you can find it when you go to cardplayer.com, it's right a big picture of Jonathan right on the, on the front page and a link to this story. And then you, of course, can download those charts as well but uh one thing that i found interesting is that he says um, most, most players incorrectly think that you need to play substantially more aggressively when playing shorthanded but that is not true exactly 
Well, I think you he do. says in his opinion, he says when you we said why you should raise with a few more hands than nine handed ranges because of the bunching effect. You should not play substantially wider ranges. And then that's a kind of a different point of view. Well, it is. I know that I had to open up my, you know, I always when I started playing the poker, um, I was a little more conservative than most. I was probably a big mitt at that time trying to get the feel for the game and as you know the years have gone on yeah you know you become a lot more aggressive once I changed to six-handed um I had to readjust all that that thought process and once again relearn um I believe he's right in the sense that you could open your your range and so if you're opening your range you may not be as aggressive because you want to see the flop um but with other hands that you may have tried to just see a flop with uh, in nine-handed games, you're going to become more aggressive. I personally adjust to the table, to the players yeah. that are at the table. So. Well, that's that's a good point. And he says you really have to sit down and kind of determine what your players' uh, ranges are that are at your table. It's only three other players. He says, though, there's going to be a lot of players that feel like they're supposed to be in every pot with only four players. So you are going to call wider or three bet wider than you normally would when you have determined that those are those types of players. So uh, I think that's interesting. He said, if players are frequently going to fold your three bets, then you're also three betting with a wide range of junk sometimes, uh, you know, so uh, uh, it's, it's, if you determine that the other players are feeling like they have to play with a wider range, then you can compensate for that. Yeah, now you just mentioned with uh, four players meaning to start the game or thinking that your four people have seen the flop? No, I'm talking about four players in the game because that's the way they were talking about playing right from the beginning out in Vegas. Well, listen, I have I don't know about you, Dave, but I know that in a lot of the private games I used to play at 20 years ago, sometimes we wanted to get, you know, started early, Um most of those games did start, you know, full-handed, but every now and then, uh, you know, people who were getting hit the hardest <laughs> hung around much later, and the game became three and four-handed. Right, um, right. I've never really sat down to play in a, just a four-handed game. I mean, I, I do want to have six would be probably my minimum in a cash game, but I have had to play because, you know, as, as I'm sure a lot of poker players will tell you, especially good ones, if you're having a hell of a night and and you know the people who are having a very bad night in those games, especially in the private games where there aren't fresh blood to come in, you know, fresh money to come into the table, um, depending on how, how much on tilt they go, um, you know, sometimes you might want to put in some extra hours at the table to take advantage of, of the mindset of these players. Absolutely. And, and let me tell you, that's the only time that I have played that style uh, because I know they're, you know, they're not even playing close to their, their capabilities because whatever, they've taken way too many bad beats. They've lost way too much money. Uh, a, a, a whole bunch of their laundry list of reasons why they're playing so bad. So, you know, poker players will tell you, good ones will tell you they want to stay there. Uh, when people hit and run, usually it's because they, 
they realize they're not that good a poker player and they don't want to give back what, what they've earned in, in a short period of time. Yeah, he kind of puts that uh, in his final uh, paragraph. He puts the he agrees with you completely. He says, when you're playing shorthanded, he said, table selection is a vital skill you have to master because because if your three other opponents are all strong players, you're probably going to break even or lose. But if you find three bad players, you're going to have a huge win rate. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, the problem, I love when they, they constantly use that, in, 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 oh, picking tables, you know. I don't know, you know, to the level that our listeners, how, how novice they are, but, you know, and obviously in a private game, there's no table selection. It's a game selection because it's one table of players. So you're, you should know the general group of players that are going to play there. You go to a casino. Uh, if you and I walked into the Bellagio right now, we don't know those players. Yeah. So we have to start making, you know, assessment as we're sitting down and playing. And without having that experience of knowing who all the players are in the room, um, table selection to me, yeah, it, for me, it's if I know this table is, is something that's going to make me play very uncomfortable and possibly not profitable, I just get up and leave the table and tell them, put me on another list. Uh, because sometimes you can't, tra- you know, you, you can't transfer. And while waiting to transfer, uh, you know, you're just bleeding awful lot of chips. Anyway, if you want to check out that article, it's by uh, Jonathan Little. It's on uh, cardplayer.com, playing shorthanded poker after lockdown. And uh, pretty interesting. Kind of a little different view, as I mentioned, that he doesn't feel there's too much of a difference in the way you should play. Anyway, uh that's what's happening out in Vegas, four-handed, five-handed in most places, and Bellagio now opening with six. But, uh, again, you have talked about it time and time again that you you don't think four-handed play, play is going to work. Uh, have you changed your mind at all from things you've seen here locally? Uh, no, because, I mean, they are playing. Uh, some games are even heads, heads up. Um, again, brave new world. <laughs> everywhere around us um maybe i need to you know open up my 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 uh, mind and, and has to how it's going to happen um i know that hialeah has limited their high hands i mean you know we have that unique situation down here that the high hand money is incredible for poker players where you don't see it anywhere else in the whole country uh but due to the fact that um they are pulling full rake at Hialeah. Uh, I'm curious to see if that's what they're doing at all the uh, all the places around town, uh, or if they're doing reduced rakes. Because yeah, I want to I want to get into that because Dave Lipman told Lipman uh, told me that uh, they are doing a three dollar rake at uh, Big Easy, and while that is excellent for the player. Uh, you know, especially if you're playing many hours, you're obviously going to be able to hang around much longer. Um, but I've never felt that, uh, you know, trying lower rakes has really been a huge benefit because I think most people just don't even care or notice. Well, unfortunately, I mean, that's not true. Uh, when you have a full game and it gets down to five handed, uh, the screaming starts, hey, you know, they call over a supervisor to the table. Players are asking for a reduced rake. 
uh, in the jackpot or in, in the house rake. Now, uh, you're right in one sense. You know, when the game is full, nobody cares. When the game is shorthanded, a lot of people are worried about their rake. Now, one thing that I have has, uh, I haven't mentioned on the show since Hialeah opened, um, believe it or not, the better dealers are doing really well in the regards that five or six-handed games are going much quicker. Mm, so, exactly. So, um, you know, not being privy to the how much rake money they're getting uh, in their boxes at the end of the day, but uh, maybe that'll be something I can answer uh, a little bit better next week once our room has opened up, and uh, I want to see if if our table rake uh, and jackpot rake are equivalent to what we were doing before, uh, because I'm sure I'm going to have to reduce it, you know, um, just so they, you know, so people stay. When you reduce the rake, it, obviously, David said you want the, the 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 players to stay there there until you get a few more poker players walk into the room and the game fills up again. Because I've seen it uh, where it that has happened and it's great for the room. I've seen it where hey, I'm tired of waiting. It's been half an hour. And one or two players get up and leave, breaks the table, and before you know it, 10 minutes later, four players came in looking for a game, and now you don't have a game for them, and the other players had already left. Yeah, so yeah. that that's the purpose of the reduce rate. Okay. Uh, just uh, mention briefly about the uh, the Seminole Hard Rock, uh, what's going on there. They, uh, the tournaments, as I mentioned, were supposed to start today. There was supposed to be one today at 11 a.m., 36 entries maximum and uh, just $150 buy-in. So that's a little bit on the lower end for what they're used to doing, but uh, they are only taking six tables on those tournaments. Uh, they also have a one coming up on Thursday, supposedly this week at 11 a.m., a big stack tournament and a triple stack turbo on Sunday. So they're trying some of that stuff. Uh, they also are offering uh, single table tournaments and, uh, they range from 120 to 300 to 550. Those are the price points there on uh, uh, their their single table uh, sit and goes. Uh, first and second place uh, paid out on those. That's the Seminole Hard Rock in Hollywood. I don't know if they did that. I know they are having some bonus high hands. $300 every 30 minutes with rollovers coming up this weekend. So uh, they're trying a few new things out there, as they always do, and implementing their safe and sound program, which they've really put a lot of work into as well. Uh, the Seminole Coco, they are having some bigger tournaments. 60 players are taking at some of those. Uh, they have 23 tables, and they're using 15 for the most part. Uh, their upcoming events uh, are in the evening, most of them, 6 p.m., on Wednesdays, well, actually a couple of morning ones at 10 a.m. this weekend, Saturday, Superstack, 250 buy-in, and then a 130 buy-in uh, next Monday at uh, 10 a.m. Well, they're trying a few different things. Uh, they are playing six-handed there as well, and they have some uh, big mega high hands where you qualify for uh, big payouts all the way up to $5,000. So um, they are uh, trying different things at these rooms to get them in. Uh, I know that uh, Litvin told me over at Big Easy that they are uh, adjusting the high hands depending on how many tables are being played, which is something that you kind of need to do right now because, uh, you know, 
people come, people go, and sometimes you can't have these huge high hands if you just have a limited number of players. So they're based on the number of people that are playing at that start of each half hour. Yeah, well, I don't know about his uh, clientele over there, but I know that if uh, some of the people here in Dade County, if they've opened the room at 10 o'clock and then just because a few people have gone away at 3 o'clock or 4 o'clock in the afternoon, you know, we've got these all-dayers sitting down playing poker, uh, that's that's not going to go really, really good. So, uh, I, I mean, the screaming is going to start. Well, let's take one more break uh, on the program. We'll come back and finish things up when we get back. You know, we always you always can listen to the uh, program on SoundCloud or on Spotify now. We just uh, got on Spotify, and it's a great place to listen to the show. Uh, you could rate the show, uh, give us a little feedback on these couple of these different places. Of course, uh, all our old standbys, the, the uh, Hold'em Radio Network, uh, the Poker Fuse podcast page, good places to get it. And uh, you can go to our website and then pick up the show at uh, PokerActionLine.com as well. So uh, let's take a break here on the show. Again, I want to emphasize that uh, we're working hard to try to get the shows together each week. There's a chance that occasionally we might miss a program during a week but uh if you do if we do we want you to hang with us if the show's not ending we are uh, definitely going to be around and uh as we come back each uh, the following time we'll try to update what's happened while we've been gone and uh you know get a show to you again it's harder to book guests right now because sometimes we have to change the time we actually record the show so uh we're working on that as well anyway uh, let's take a break here we'll come back and finish things up when we return poker action line big dave and joe uh on another show this is poker action line Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the play-for-free demonstration and hope that you will join us 
when the play for real game becomes available later this year. From the vantage point, Mafatu saw six war canoes drawn upon the beach, but what held the boy's eyes in awful trance were the figures springing and leaping about the flames, darting, shifting, bounding toward the sky. The eaters of men, cannibals. Firelight glistened on their royal bodies, on flashing spears and bristling decorations. Mafatu watched the strange scene, powerless to move, and he felt doom itself breathing chill upon his neck. In that very instant, he heard a crashing in the undergrowth. Four figures were tearing toward him through the jungle. He could see them now. He turned and ran blindly down the trail, slipping, sliding, stumbling, his breath all but choking in his throat. Only one thought gave him courage as he ran, his canoe ready and waiting. If only he could reach it before the savages overtook him. Explore new worlds. Find out what happens next by reading the book Call It Courage by Armstrong Sperry. For other great book ideas, visit literacy.gov. A message from the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the show. Big David Joe finishing things up for another edition of Poker Action Line. Joe, you look like you got something to say. <laughs> No, I'm, listen, <laughs> I had a lot to say to my wife because of my grandson being here, but <laughs> it's not, none of it is poker related. Yeah, we, 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 you handled that well. We'll give you credit for that. Uh, I, I was reading an article with a map uh, about casinos reopening here in the United States. Uh, it appears that uh, a lot of the northeastern places are still closed. Uh, as far as in this article is just about casinos because it's not just poker, but uh, but according to the American Gaming Association, as of one week ago, there are nearly a thousand casinos in the U.S. 734 open, 253 closed, and two of them have shut down permanently. Uh, there are 34 states right now with at least one casino open. Uh, there are seven states that do not have any casinos. Uh, Seven? No, I guess it's nine, counting uh, counting Hawaii and, and a couple others. But nine have no casinos. Uh, seven states right now have no, all their casinos closed as of one week ago. And uh, there's a few states that have all their casinos open, places like uh, Louisiana and uh, North Carolina and few others like that, Missouri, Oregon, have theirs open. But the rest of the country uh, is just like a kind of a mis- mismatch of uh, places that are open and places that are closed. So things are happening. Uh, we notice in the poker rooms out in Vegas, I mentioned this earlier in the show, in case you missed it, uh, that there were four poker rooms open as of last week. And then now this past week, three more have opened, including Caesar's Palace and uh, a couple others. So uh, things are happening at some of these places. And the thing that we need to be careful about is obviously an uptick in the COVID uh, numbers around the country, especially places like Florida, Arizona, and Texas. Um, real bad situation right now from what I hear in Houston, and uh, Arizona has had to close three of their Indian casinos out there because of uh, so many cases. So, again, uh, you know, I've been talking with a lot of people about what might happen. But, uh, you know, who knows? There could be a big shutdown in the future again. Let's hope not. And I think that uh, here in Florida, Ron DeSantis is, is going to, you know, you're going to have to put a gun to his head to get him to close some of these uh, businesses that he's gotten open. Even he seems to uh, completely disregard some of the numbers. Uh, Joe, what do you think? Well, listen, uh, one thing I can tell you this, 
the numbers uh, for our opening weekend for us were about 1.4 million above the same time last year, same equivalent weekend of last year. So people have been anxious to get out there. Um, I know right before the break, you were talking about the tournaments and how some of these places want to go to multiple tournaments, uh, which takes me back to my opening comments at the beginning of the show where different places are doing different things for social you know, distancing and cleaning. Um, I'm curious to see how they're going to clean the spots because in tournaments, your people are either coming into the tournament late, getting eliminated from the tournament. How are you cleaning that area? You know, right, <laughs> how right, are you right. sanitizing that area? Are you losing that time? Tournaments are, are affected even more so because of uh, the clock. You're on a clock. So if you're taking time off to, cl- to, to do proper sanitizing, it takes off. So I'm very curious to see how that's going to happen. Uh, as you just mentioned, uh, Governor DeSantis really, I don't think, wants to close things down. But guys, I'm sure you guys saw the... Uh, some of the restaurants and uh, supposedly the some parts of the beaches in Jacksonville closing because of a, such a you know uptick in, in COVID nineteen cases up there. Um, if you haven't seen it, there was a group of sixteen girls that went out to celebrate somebody's yeah, birthday, yeah. and everyone got it, including seven. All sixteen girls in that party got it, tested positive, I yeah. should say, and and seven employees. So, and they were saying that was the first night that they went out after being uh, in their apartments for two months. Exactly. And obviously since then, you know, they're starting to see the uptick in the 20 and 30 year olds, you know, testing positive for COVID-19. So uh, obviously the last thing we want to do is close down the economy again, but you know, we do have to worry about, as Joe said uh, earlier in the show, you know, we're seeing a lot more cases now showing up to the hospital and once we hit capacity there again, we're back to another quarantine. And, um, you know, I, I don't know how this country would handle a second phase of quarantine. Um, I mean, look what's happened with, obviously, with the social protesting that's been going on, which I'm sure hasn't helped at all, uh, you know, the, the numbers, <laughs> obviously. Uh, so I don't know, Big Dave. Uh, this might be a much bigger social issue than what we talk about here about poker and the casinos and everything else. Yeah, exactly. Uh, There is, of course, online events going on. And of course, the World Series of Poker online series that kind of will fill the summer here during the month of July is getting ready to start. That will come on July 1st through the 31st. One tournament every day through the month of July. And we'll give you more of the information on that as it's set to get underway when we do our next show. But uh, they did have the online circuit series. And uh, there were some pretty interesting results coming out of that one. Uh, I've been keeping an eye on some of that. Uh, the, uh, uh, the main event, uh, which I'll give you, was won by... Uh, I'm sorry. Let me find that here. Uh, Frank Morasco was the winner of their main event. It was a 525 buy-in, uh, 300,000 guaranteed. Uh, JJ Liu, uh, old, older woman that uh, has been around the game for a long time, finished third in that event. And Anthony Zeno was also at the final table, finishing in fifth place. Some of the other events uh, won by John Reardon, who's uh, from uh, West Palm Beach area down here, Michael Martyr. 
Uh, Sean Daniels picked up a win in the tournament. And, uh, you know, a few names, you know, are, are sprinkled throughout the final tables. But uh, uh, I know that uh, finishing very close in the tournament was Chance Corneth, someone we've had on the show. He lost to Cammie Hudson. Uh, she beat him in uh, head-to-head play. So uh, lots of stuff to find out online if you're following some of that events. Uh, Alan Sternberg won a tournament. And uh, we are certainly moving along in the world of poker, even if it's online. And some, we have to identify some of these players by, uh, you know, their, their nicknames. Well, we, you used to be very good at that many years ago before they closed that down. <laughs> One thing I, if I, you know, Eric Baldwin, who is known as Baseballdy for many years, has now changed his online name to Circle Ball. <laughs> I don't know what that means. But I, guess, I, have... I guess I guess if I paint it black and put an eight on it, I could be the you know cue ball or the eight ball, but. Uh... <laughs> I get a laugh out of some of these uh, people. John Reardon, who won the, uh, I just mentioned, who won the uh, circuit event and one of the first ones at West Palm Beach when he was 18 years old, now has the nickname uh, McAllen25, which is a scotch. So uh, I guess he's grown older uh, over the years. Well, there you go. If you see a tequila mentioned somewhere along there, that could be me later on down the road. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, stuff, we'll keep an eye on some of the stuff. And I'm going to put together a little show for next week on uh, upcoming events in the online series. I think people are excited about it. Uh, You know, very disappointed that the live event is put off till the fall, hoping that it's put together eventually. And there actually will be a World Series of Poker this year at the Rio. It's uh, hard to say. I, I want to know the Rio at one point was thinking maybe this is their last year to host the event. Well, maybe last year was the last year. Yeah. <laughs> Again, Dave, uh, I'm, I, I still can't picture in my mind how they're going to be able to run, you know, uh, with thousands of people, uh, tournaments in uh, live events. Uh, I honestly believe until there is a vaccine, for this, we're going to be looking at more online events. Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, it's just the way it is, obviously. But, uh, uh, you know, everybody's fighting hard. All these places that we just talked about that are, uh, you know, taking every safety precaution that they can. They don't want it to blow up and for things to happen again. Uh, you know, we just need some help outside of the poker world, I think, at this point, from uh, people trying to uh, to disregard some of the uh, sicknesses. Yeah, well, listen, we all got to do our parts, you know, like Joe Costello mentioned in the show. You know, none of us like wearing the mask. None of us like following this. But if we want to keep our, our beautiful game going and, and everything else, we just have to follow these guidelines for a little bit longer. Are you playing it all yourself? I'm playing online a little bit. I think I'm getting better. I, it's amazing, Dave. I mean, my whole life I've been a, a late body. You know, I, I've come home from work at 10 o'clock, and if I didn't have to work till 3 or 4 uh, in, in the afternoon the following day, and I, and I said 10 or 11, but sometimes 1 or 2, I'd play for 4 or 5 hours online. I have honestly not played poker and since the pandemic started online. I've tried to get on two or three times, just didn't feel it. I'm actually falling asleep so much earlier now and getting up so much earlier that, my, you know, my world has done about a 180 since this pandemic started. Yeah. 
Well, they, I'm actually playing on full tilt now, which is uh, is basically PokerStars, but uh, PokerStars.net is not compatible with my tablet anymore. I think they're kind of weaning people off the free site and putting them onto uh, full tilt.net. So uh, that's where I've been playing lately, and I'm playing a little bit on uh, Play WPT also as well. Anyway, uh, that's going to do it for the show. We appreciate you being with us. Uh, Joe, I'm glad you could uh, join us tonight. Uh, Joe Costello, uh, thank you for your reporting on the Hard Rock as well. And we'll keep a look at all all these places uh, next week on our show. Uh, still working on trying to get a couple of the Poker Room directors on. We had great shows with Tony Burns and Noah Carbone, and we want to get a few others back in the loop here again on the show. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you soon. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies.